challenge. You know, would you ever go into your kitchen one day and decide, right, today I'm going to put a chicken in the oven. I'm going to bake a cake. Oh, let's make a pot of curry. Let's make some pancakes. And you know what? While we're at it, let's just make a whole apple pie. Now, if I say that, people would be like, well, you're crazy. Of course, I wouldn't do that in my kitchen. The thing is, we sometimes do tend to do that in our business. We want to do everything. So for me, it's about focusing on the clarity. It's not about doing everything. Sometimes you need to scrape everything off the plate and just focus on one recipe that's aligned with you as a strategy that you can use over and over again to attract more clients. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Discover ways to get more listeners, more money, and be top of mind with your podcast by leveraging the things you're already doing well. Go to nextupnation.com slash listener to watch our free training where I show you how. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, host of Next Up Nation, where we help podcasters and YouTubers with vision become preeminent thought leaders in their industries. You are about to have the incredible opportunity to listen as we dig into the why, who, and what of a podcaster show. And then at the end, we will identify one powerful how, one action that she can take for results in the next 30 days. Today, I am so excited to welcome Henriette Danell, host of the Entrepreneurial Success Podcast. Hey, Henriette, how are you doing? Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> Good. Well, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. So the Entrepreneurial Success Podcast has released 130 episodes from October 28th until the day of this recording. Well, actually once tomorrow, but today is October 20th of 2021. Uh, Henriette's a strategic business coach working with professional female entrepreneurs to help them attract high paying clients continuously. So tell me, why did you start the Entrepreneurial Success Podcast? Oh, I love that question. And it's a very easy answer, really. Uh, when I started my business, I knew that one of the best things to do in business, especially if you're online, is to get content out there. Personally, for me, I was looking and trying to do blogging, but it didn't quite gel. It just wasn't one of my strengths. And I quickly learned that early on. So I decided, you know what? I love talking and I always joke because my if my husband was here, he'd be shaking his head going, yes, she does. I love having conversations. And that was something that I realized, actually, you know, that's a strength of mine. I can use that. Then I went and went down the route of podcasting. And I heard that so many people are doing podcasting. And one of the people that really fascinated me with her podcast was Amy Porterfield. And I loved mm. listening to her. And I thought, this is a great idea. This is how I can get content out there. So basically, the Entrepreneurial Success Podcast was born from that because apart from me just starting with a couple of solo episodes, the whole idea was to bring on other female entrepreneurs onto the podcast. And that just went from strength to strength. So I'm very proud of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I check, as we talked about before, I checked out your podcast before uh, we started talking to each other and I can tell that's one thing that just screams loud and clear is these are some strong women, female entrepreneurs. So I love that. Uh, so does your podcast, is it in conjunction? I, I know the answer to this, but I want to hear your, uh, your feedback on this, but it seems like it's in conjunction with your business. Can you share a little bit about that and how, and how your podcast fits into that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I solely, as a business coach, work with female entrepreneurs who are in the service-based industry, and I focus on client attraction. And basically what it is that you need to do to get clarity on attracting more clients. And I almost explain it in this kind of sense, you know, would you ever go into your kitchen one day and decide, right, today I'm going to put a chicken in the oven. I'm going to bake a cake. Oh, let's make a pot of curry. Let's make some pancakes. And you know what? While we're at it, let's just make a whole apple pie. Now, if I say that, people would be like, well, you're crazy. Of course, I wouldn't do that in my kitchen. The thing is, we sometimes do tend to do that in our business. We want to do everything. So for me, it's about focusing on the clarity. It's not about doing everything. Sometimes you need to scrape everything off the plate and just focus on one recipe that's aligned with you as a strategy that you can use over and over again to attract more clients. That's what I focus on. And I think where the podcast comes in handy with that, so to speak, is really on the marketing side, giving women in particular, because my audience are women in in business, giving women the opportunity to look at what is available out there as a marketing strategy, but equally feeling that they don't need to overwhelm themselves. And that's why I wanted to bring on all of these people They give tips. They talk about their stories, what made them start their business, how that has evolved. And equally, people can learn from that then and also resonate with that and go, gosh, if she did it, you know, I can do this as well. So in a nutshell, it was about giving people the clarity, but also the tools and also resonating with the stories of other female entrepreneurs so that they can see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't always just have to be a dark tunnel that you walk through. That's awesome. I love that. And um, so one thing that we do, and just to remind our listeners, and I know we talked about this before, but I really want to dig into the why, who, and what of your show and get a really good understanding of what it is that you want out of your show, what your vision was, as well as things that you're doing to grow your audience. I mean, and and I guess I'm making an assumption here. Are you in a spot right now where you want to grow your listeners? Like what is your number one goal right now with your show? What, what, what tells you that you're going in the right direction and what do you want to improve upon right now? Yes. I think what tells me that I'm going in the right direction is the fact that I'm number one consistent. And by staying consistent and having an episode being published every week has been an amazing, amazing thing for me. So much so that people are coming to me and saying that they're looking forward to the next episode. Um, And I have people, audience, people in the audience coming to me saying that they listen to every one of my episodes because they feel that it's so informative. They love the energy that I share with um, with the guests that I have on the podcast. They love my energy. So... My goal with the podcast is, yeah, to reach out and, you know, get more listeners on board. So to grow my audience in that sense. But I know that it takes time. I know I've got to stay consistent with it. And also, I'm not pushing. I am very organic in that sense. So I feel the right people, they will find the podcast. And, you know, if it's for them, they will listen to it, just like with the following I have at the moment. So, and we did talk a little bit about who that is. And I know even on your show, you talk about messaging a lot and knowing who, who's listening, how, what kind of words do they use? And you've mentioned that it's successful business women. Uh, is there any other identifier for your demographics other than, you know, successful entrepreneurial business women, or am I even yes. 
right on no, with that. <laughs> you've got it right. You've got it spot on. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is when it comes to the word success, success mm-hmm. is identified in so many different ways. And people have their own kind of version of what success is. So I don't always use the word success. I just say female entrepreneurs who are in the service-based industry. Um, because if you do say successful, a lot of people would move away from it because they wouldn't associate with that. Because like, well, I'm not successful yet, so this is not for me. Where actually, you know, when you define success, everybody's got their own kind of version of it. Um, so for me, it's really just women who are in business, who's either starting out or already in business for some time, getting to a point where they feel, okay, now I need focus. I need clarity. What is it that I need to do? And again, it's not about overwhelm. It's not about adding to their plates, giving them more information where they feel like, oh my gosh, now I've got to do this and I've got to do this. That's not the idea. It's about helping them and guiding them to make decisions that is aligned with them rather than thinking, now I've got to add on something else to my plate. This is an additional thing that I've got to do. So that was kind of where I was targeting the audience with the female entrepreneurs in particular. And so one thing um, I always ask, like, what problem, you know, what challenge are you solving for them? And so am I hearing you correctly that it has to do with that overwhelm, but yet they want success, uh, but yet they're, they're like a like we have too many choices, so we don't know what to do next. <laughs> Can you expand on that? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yes. So as women, I mean, we wear many hats. Just and I'm not and I'm not, you know, saying it's 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 a gender thing, but as women in particular, only because I work with so many women, we wear many hats. And you know, we've got a business that we're running, we've got a personal life, but everything else in addition is just overwhelm. And oh my goodness, you know. Life is actually so simple. We're just overcomplicated for ourselves. If we want something really, really badly, whether it's in business or in life, then we automatically think it must be difficult to get. So we overcomplicate matters for ourselves. We're actually, everything is so simple. You just got to simplify things for you. Go back to the drawing boards. I always talk about the fact that, you know, sometimes you've got to dissect a situation And then just put it back together in a way that makes sense. So you can see it with clarity and then start implementing. So whatever it is that you want to achieve, it's about just getting that simplicity, getting that clarity for yourself, because then again, you can verbalize that back and you can put the action in play. Um, So basically, yeah, it's, it's just about simplifying things. Like I said, it's not about causing the overwhelm. It's about simplifying things for yourself, number one. And then taking that simple action of what it is that you want to achieve. That's awesome. So what transformation do you see if someone were to listen to your show over time, what transformation can they expect to experience? Well, the transformation really is number one, it's about self-development. This is something that I'm passionate about, particularly when anybody starts a business, you know, this is something that nobody teaches us. When you start a business, you think that, oh, I'm going to run this thing and it's going to be my baby and I'm going to grow it and financially it's going to help me and it's just going to be amazing. But what nobody tells you is when you actually sign up to run a business, you actually sign up for a lot of self-development. And that's the number one thing that you have to go through. You have to develop, get to know yourself 
but also learn more. And only once you've gone through that stage, and let's face it, it's always a continuous growing stage. But once you go through that stage, in particular in the first year or two in your business, only then can you take what you've learned and implement it in your business. Only then will your business grow. So the whole idea of what I want the audience to achieve through the podcast is to listen, to learn, to develop themselves. And even if they're already in business for two years plus, you know, you can still grow. It's still a continuous growth method that you've got to go through. Nothing is stopping you unless you stop yourself from growing, which means your business will stagnate. So for me, it's always about educating, about helping and serving the audience with new knowledge but also with personal development in between so that they can take the action of what is required and take that and move it into their business. That's awesome. So what, what you mentioned earlier that people come up to you and tell you like they're listening to your show all the time and they look forward to it. How do you evaluate whether more people are listening? Like, do you just look at downloads? Do you look at social media? Do you look at web traffic? How do you know whether your base is growing? Yeah, so I do look at the downloads and I look at how many people are listening. I Because the podcast in particular is on my website, so the episodes are published on my website and then obviously with the RSS feed, it's going down to all the other channels. Um, so I look at the Google Analytics and I look at what episodes are doing well, how long people are staying, um, you know, how many people are coming in, especially if a podcast episode is launched. I look at the analytics in order to make sure that there's traffic going there. But it also comes down to the downloads because obviously, you know, that's also something that you can look at. And then also the feedback that I get. I get a lot of feedback people either, you know, because I repurpose the content on social media. So I get feedback through that as well, where people comment and say, oh, my gosh, great episode. I just loved it. And some people share the content on social media as well. So that's how I get to see and kind of get an idea. Like, yeah, certain episodes are doing well. Other episodes didn't quite hit the mark. But you know what? That's okay. It's still information. Somebody somewhere along the line would still appreciate that. So for me, it's a no-brainer. It's just about looking at how people approach and what people engage with. Well, and that leads us really nicely into the next segment. We talked a lot about your why, about who it is that you're speaking to. and um, But let's talk a little about the what, more about the what. I know we also brought that. It's hard not to talk about the what all along the way. Uh, so when you are, uh, as you're looking at the feedback and what people have to say and which episodes are doing well, has, has any of that information caused you to adjust what you're doing at all or modify? And can you yeah. tell me a little about that? Absolutely. Um, because let's face it, when you look at the Google analytics, you can see which episodes are being viewed at the most. Uh, and also what I do is I use Pinterest in order to get traffic coming to my podcast episodes. So with all of this analytics, I always see which episodes are doing the best, which people tend to refer to the most. And then when I literally go out and you know, look for my guests, I look in particular about what these guests are can, can offer, which are similar to the episodes which are doing well, because that's obviously what the audience are looking for. That's what they want. So from my perspective, it's always about looking at the feedback, looking at what the analytics are saying, and then providing more of that or more that is of similar relevance for the audience to that. So I'm being very selective about the guests that I bring on. I know in the beginning, um, when I started the podcast, for me, it was just about, oh my gosh, if I got a guest, I was so excited about it. And <laughs> you had great conversations. 
But that kind of led me to be very a lot more selective because number one, I wanted to make sure that we share a great energy when they come on the podcast, but equally the content of what it is that they had to offer and the conversation that we had needed to make needed to be of what the audience wanted more of. So that kind of led me a little bit to be more strategic, finding the right guests with the right content and delivering that. And with that, I could kind of see that there's a spike here and there of where I could see, okay, this is more and more of what people are wanting. As an example, uh, I did a podcast episode where we spoke about content creation and I had this amazing lady on. She gave so many great tips and that has by far been one of the best podcast episodes that I've had. So when I bring people on, I make sure that we talk about content creation as well, repurposing, et cetera. Um, but that overall, you know, is either a whole episode on its own or we bring that in as part of as another episode as to whatever that niche is that the specific guest is in. That's awesome. And so it's now, now you have a team who helps you do all this too, because you're talking about content creation and being selective about guests. And obviously you go on other people's shows. So have you been able to monetize your show in some way that has enabled you to see the ROI make sense to bring on a team and, and get the help that you need to make all the pieces happen? Oh, yes, most definitely. What has happened is over the last couple of years, um, a lot of people, I would say a lot of people, but because of this, there's a certain amount of people that has come to me and they respond to my emails in particular um, when they've listened to the episode. And there's been a couple of times actually where some of these people in the audience, I've never met them, never heard of them, but they've been consistent followers listening to what I'm saying. And then they just reach out to me and they say, listen, how can we work together? And for me, that has been so gratifying because from the onset, I just wanted to have a podcast, get my content out there. I never thought that people from the audience would actually come to me and say, listen, can we work together? Can I be one of your clients? So when it comes to that, that was quite, how can I say, fulfilling in so many ways, knowing that these people were following me sometimes for you know years, listening to my podcast to a point where they were like, I want to work with this girl. I, I need to know what it is that she's got on offer. You know, what? how can we work together? So I've had quite a few clients who came from my audience as cold clients, listening to the podcast, building a relationship with them, you know, without me really knowing it, so to speak, but they can see my energy, see what I'm talking about. They feel that they already know me. They get in touch. And before I know it, I've got a couple of clients just from the audience itself. So a return on the investment, 100%. It is the best thing I've ever done. But let's face it, I'm not just doing it to get clients. You know, for me, it's about educating, helping, learning. On the back end of that, getting clients, getting the visibility, that's amazing. But that's not what I rely on. For me, it's about making sure that I can deliver amazing content to the audience. That's okay. That makes total sense. So let me talk a little bit more on that. Because I know when we talked about the why, it's about the content. So what does the content do for you if it's not, hey, I want to get the content out so that I can, I mean, to me, not, I mean, I know we, there's like a stigma. We don't really want to say it, but like, that's what the content is for is to get more well-known so that people are coming to you so that they're wanting to work with you. So what is the other purpose of the content, if not to get clients, to attract new clients? Yes. No, it's definitely about the visibility. But for me in the beginning, when I started off, 
that didn't even come to mind. I just, everybody said, you got to get your content out there and do a podcast. So that's what I did. I just kind of followed the crowd, so to speak, with, with what I wanted to do. But then when I started getting this feedback, I realized like, wow, I am building relationships with people, which is why I talk about, you know, my podcast being my attraction strategy, basically. It is attracting people to me on a constant basis, whether they sign up working with me now, whether they sign up in the future, that's okay. So I know that if I show up with the right energy, giving them what it is that they want, there will be a point where more people will come to me and will want to work with me. So yes, it is an attraction strategy. I just don't make it my focus when I show up because I feel then my energy is wrong. I need to show up with the energy of serving them. And then I know the attraction will come. I think that's so cool. And, and it's, it is so true what you're saying. So what you're, if I'm hearing you correctly and and I, this is how I feel as well is, you know, there's a mindset that you have to have the, of service when you're doing it. And I know as I'm leading up to the same thing, it's it, whatever my pot, you know, I've had several, it's always that mindset of how can I, I, I always say to my two best friends are my guests and my audience. So when I show up, I want to serve both, you know, I'm acting on behalf of the audience as the host, but yet my guest is my guest. So if I had a guest over to my home, I would want them to feel comfortable. I wouldn't, you know, if there's an agenda, I want them to know it up front, you know? And, uh, so if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, you know, sometimes I have someone to my home because I want to buy their house. You know, I mean, there's just, there's an agenda and it's okay. Uh, but if we, if they come and it's like, I want to take from you and that's the mindset that we're in, that's terrible. And you know, it's just a terrible thing, but I almost, I just almost, uh, I hear this a lot with hosts too, where I feel like it's okay to say, you know, I would love to work with people. In fact, I always feel like when I have someone on my show now, you know, I mean, you're coming on here, you've got a whole system set up. I'm kind of going, I mean, we may, we may work together. We may not. And every time I have a guest on, I feel like if I don't actually like them enough to work with them, they shouldn't be on my show, (laughs) you know? And sometimes that means a collaboration. Sometimes it means nothing for four years, you know, I mean, the, ultimately I love what you said. It's like, you want to come with a heart of service, but yet when you, you have to something, you have to get something out of podcasting or I just don't believe it's sustainable. I don't believe that you can keep going with a podcast for as long as you have without some kind of pay, you know, like where you're like, I, I feel like this is totally worth it. Cause we're busy. Like you're running a company, you're helping all these people. Am I like way off base or what, what are your thoughts no, about you've that? you've nailed it on the head. I mean, the purpose and the goal is, is, is obviously, you know, either to gain visibility and to get clients from it. That is the purpose. That is the goal. And that's why everybody else is doing a podcast. So it's kind of obvious in a way. But the thing is, is I had to train myself with my mindset and going every episode I do. It's not about like, how many clients am I going to get from this episode? How many clients can I sign up? You know, if if I really push this, how many clients can I sign up? Because that's kind of the wrong energy and people feel that. Mm -hmm. So that's why also on the podcast episodes, I don't sell. I don't sell my services. I invite people to either come to a workshop, a free workshop, or something that I'm doing that is of no obligation. Because for me, it's always about the energy. If I show up with the right energy, and I think that's why I enjoy the podcast so much and why other people enjoy it equally, because the energy is right. 
Um, so yes, the goal definitely to get clients from it, whether it's now, whether it's in five years time, in 10 years time, that is absolutely okay. It's a long-term thing, but my energy has to be right. I want it to be consistent throughout the podcast. So you've nailed it on, on the dot. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. And I think too, uh, and I, on one hand, I always feel like I want to empower hosts, like it's okay. But, um, you know, again, that whole idea that, you know, people can see behind, you know, if you have an ulterior motive or you have an agenda that yeah. is misaligned with, you know, it's not good content and it's not, you know, being a good host. <laughs> so, no, so and, and I love it. People feel it. If there's ulterior motives to it, yeah. people feel it. They go like, hold on a minute. What is this on going on here? And that's immediate. And it's putting people off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to create that with the audience. You want the audience to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you too, what do you think are one or two different things that you would attribute most of your listeners to like what's working right now to attract listeners. I've heard consistency and I think consistency is like magic. You know, if you just keep doing it, you know, even if you're getting five people here and 10 people there and a hundred people the next day, you're, it's going to pay off and you're growing the right audience. But would you say besides consistency, what else would you attribute your listenership uh, attraction to? Um, my yes. So apart from consistency, I think, you know, the other thing I said is um, making sure that I've got the right content. Um, so I mentioned that earlier. So I, I always talk about the three C's. The first one is clarity. If you have clarity about what it is that you're offering the audience, everything is going to fall in place, which is going to lead you to commitment, which is the second C. Once you know what it is that you're offering, you're going to be a lot more committed, but equally your audience are going to be a lot more committed coming back time and time again. And that leads to consistency. With your clarity and commitment in place, consistency is going to be so much easier. You're going to show up more. And if you show up more, your audience will come back for more. So I always go by the three C's when it comes to my podcast. I've got to be clear on what it is that I'm offering. I've got to be committed to showing up. And then with that, my consistency will follow through. So for me, if I put those three C's together, I think that's just the foundation of how I roll with the podcast, basically. (laughs) That makes total sense. Well, and even if we have all three of those things right, which I think that's spot on, because regardless of how people find you, them staying is has everything to do with what you just said. Yeah. How, um, so if you have that, that clear, that clear message, it's you're committed to doing it and you're consistent. Where are you putting it that you would say is getting the most traction? Uh, Are you talking about a a platform in particular? Yeah. Or um, a strategy or, you know, if you have, because I know you, you've mentioned, you know, repurposing the content and things like that. But again, people can get overwhelmed And, you know, I know, you know, your audience really well. So I'm assuming you have like specific platforms that they're typically on, because if you just went and tried to do everything, maybe that doesn't work. Maybe that's exactly what you did. And that did work because you were consistent and you were systematic. So I'm wondering what was the, because you could be the best kept secret, but still have clarity. You know what I mean? So it's like, how did you get found? 
Yes. So for me in particular, the one thing that I knew off the back was that I had to have the content on my website. So my website for me was the most important thing because that is like a business card you would hand over to somebody when you network. But the content needed to be on my platform. So every single episode is on my website. And then through the RSS feed, I went and thought, okay, well, you know, let's let's do this. It's got to go out on iTunes, number one. That's where the most podcasts are. Then I started growing from there because I had people actually emailing me or even just having conversations with people saying, oh, but are you on Spotify? Are you on Google Google Podcasts and Stitcher? And I thought, ah, okay, I need to grow that. So I've put the RSS feed into all those platforms, signed up having an account with them. So I know now that every episode I publish on my website the RSS feed will pick that up on those platforms, doing the work for me and making those episodes available. So that was the one thing. The other thing I also did is because I do the interviews on Zoom, I recorded as a video. So I distributed the video to the YouTube channel. So again, there is another strategy where obviously people can watch the video. And I think a lot more people enjoy the video because they actually get to see the conversation happening. Um, The whole strategy behind the podcast for me is to build the audience to come to my website. There, I have a lead magnet at the top of the website whereby people sign up to my email list. Through my email list, I then obviously communicate with them, talk to them, you know, whenever there's a new podcast episode coming out, I talk to them through that. And from there, I invite them to a workshop. If they're interested, they'll join me for the workshop. And from the workshop, I invite them to have a one-on-one session with me. And then through the one-on-one session, either they sign up as a client or they're not ready yet. So that has been my strategy in order to get clients at the end of the day, using the podcast as kind of like a funnel, almost, if you want to say that beginning funnel, but to start establishing a relationship very early on with them. So I kind of hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyone who listens to this show too is going to be like, you just said all the right trigger words just now. Things that normally I'm all, I mean, usually at the end of this, I'm like, okay, so get a blog, you know, because I, I agree with you. The website is the number one thing and having yeah. control over it is super important. Uh, every page on your website's like an employee. If it doesn't have a, a goal and a way to do it, way to accomplish it, you're missing out and you've just completely nailed all of those. So very, very, oh, thank you. That makes me so happy. It, <laughs> it always makes my job. Up. Like I always say, like the, the good thing is, is everybody gets to hear new things because then I'll be like, oh, and it also means that the things that I'll recommend later are going to be simpler because usually starting a blog is like, oh my gosh, please don't make me start a blog. Sometimes I don't, sometimes that's not my number one thing because there's uh, another thing that I is always right behind it, or actually it's usually ahead of it is an audience promise, which you're really clear about as well. So if someone listens to your show, it's really clear from the beginning, what it is that they can expect from your show, what it is, the transformation they can expect. I feel you're really clear about. So, so good job. And uh, yes, it makes my job a little bit harder, but I always get more excited because then I have like different things we could talk about. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh gosh. So yay. That's awesome. So very, very cool. Um, and then, okay. So just to, uh, I just want to, and as you could tell, I'm like taking notes and things like that. Um, so the website, the RSS feed goes to all the places 
uh, your website works as a funnel. Um, and then do you, so as far as your social media strategy, can you just tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So, um, my social media, I always talk about not being on all the platforms because that again is overwhelming. So for me in particular, I show up on Instagram and LinkedIn and I mentioned Pinterest. So what I've done is every time there's a podcast episode going out, I make sure that the podcast episode is also publicized on social media. So on LinkedIn, there's an article going out about it. And I always uh, tag the person in who has done the episode with me. And then I share it with my connections on LinkedIn. Then equally, I also share it on Instagram, share it through them, make sure that the person is tagged in. Um, and then again, through Instagram, obviously use the link tree in order to get people to come back to the website where they can watch the video or listen to the audio. And then the same with LinkedIn, there's always a link getting people to come back to the website where they can watch that particular podcast. Now with Pinterest, obviously that's a completely different ball game, but for those of people who are podcasters, if they haven't tapped into Pinterest yet, it is one of the most amazing tools to use because obviously Pinterest is not a social media platform. It works on SEO, search engine optimization. So it works in the same principle like Google does, but just with visuals. So I've invested in a fantastic Pinterest VA who's helping me out. So every time a podcast episode goes out, she then goes and create a whole bunch of pens for it. And then obviously that feeds the traffic coming back to that podcast episode on my website. So I know my biggest referral for people coming to my website, coming to my podcast episodes is via Pinterest. So I always monitor that as well. So on a social media front, I just go and talk to everybody about it and I share it amongst people, but I don't overwhelm myself by being on all the platforms. I just share it on Instagram and on LinkedIn because that's where my audience or my, my clients are really actually hanging out. I love it. I've never heard that about Pinterest. I've heard, I've, I've heard how effective it is, uh, but I think that that's gold. What you just shared about having an assistant who is a Pinterest marketer and yes. having that person in charge, and they just take oh, it. And the fact so that it's your, your biggest refer, <laughs> I know. I'm like, that is brilliant. So I think um, I, I love that. I I'm kind of blew my mind just now. So, um, you know, it's funny. I used to every podcast, except for the hot seat series, I stopped doing this in the hot seat series, but I've always at the end asked, what's your favorite restaurant and what do you order? Cause I love food. I love cooking. I love restaurants and, and I love talking about food, like SEO spreadsheets and food. Like those are my three favorite things. And so <laughs> and podcasting, of course. So, um, uh, oh, and so that was my thing is at first I started a whole Yelp, uh, uh, like a, you know, one of those favorites lists. And so every yes, time yes. someone would share their favorite restaurant, I would put it on there. I got so much traffic. They shut it. They shut me. They called me like I got a call from Yelp and they're like, why are you getting so much traffic? And I'm like, <laughs> because I did this thing. Like, isn't it a great idea? They're like, yeah, but you, it, you're flagged. <laughs> Okay. Whatever. So I was like, Yelp's done. I was like, that's over. That was, you know, time poorly spent, but Pinterest, I thought, oh, that'd be so awesome to have like a picture of that dish or something. But I think, so when your strat, I mean, I just have to ask another question about this just because out of just it. sheer curiosity. So when you see the things that she posts, is it typically like, what does she do for pins? Does she, is it like, 
here's a picture. Cause with marketing, it's so hard, right? We're like, yeah. how do we have a creative board? Because here's a logo. I like this logo. Like, is it, is it like screenshots? Is it quotes? No, how do she, you- yeah. So basically, obviously I've got my brand colors, my brand identity, the fonts, mm-hmm. all of those things. So I have my brand very well established. With that, then I guided her in the beginning and said, here are some of the pens I've already created, create something similar, but play with it, you know, be creative with it. So she already had like a template, a guideline of what it is that she needed to do to create some templates, uh, some pens. And then she followed that template and just started creating her own ones. And then what she does as well, she looks at the analytics and kind of look what is doing well. Now, here's the thing. It's not always about the, the, the colors and the pictures. It's also to do with the title. So if you have a very attracting title, um, if you're asking a great question and people are going, oh, my gosh, I want to know the answer to that. They click on the pen. They get immediately taken to your website where they then can find the answer in the form of your podcast. Um, so. It's just about giving a VA the guidance or for yourself, make sure that your brand is brought in and equally make sure that your business is signed up on Pinterest and it's not a personal account. If you have a personal account, oh my gosh, keep that separate and open up a business account (laughs) because you can't have recipes, you can't have your favorite traveling, you can't have garden ideas inside a business account. It doesn't quite work. It's going to attract the wrong audience, but equally, um, yeah, it kind of makes your accounts all over the place and people can't see the direction of who you are and what you're doing. So my suggestion is when you do use Pinterest, make sure it is a business account and make sure that everything in there is business related, not recipes, not personal stuff, (laughs) not kitty stuff. Keep it separate. It makes a huge difference. (laughs) So unless you're obsessed with food and always talk about it on your podcast. (laughs) Maybe you could get away with it. Back Bring it, was it so, in. It was so funny. I I had a podcast called Chat and Grow. We t- I talked to like marketing people and things. And one of the things somebody had asked me, do you know it's it's dumb to have a whole thing about dogs or something like that. You you know you shouldn't be just if you're a business you shouldn't have stuff about dogs. And I always say like if there's some and I'm from real estate originally. So that's where I learned all my marketing and we were always taught connect with people who have similar interests with you. You know, if you like fishing, post about fishing. If you like dogs, post about dogs. And so while we're saying like don't get all over the place, it, it should look like when they're online on your social, it should look and then they go to your podcast or they go to your website, you should all feel like the same person. So if you never talk about your dog, you shouldn't just suddenly bring it up on Pinterest, but you'd never talk it at, cause there, it, it, there's a disconnect and then that creates more confusion mm-hmm. and a confused mind says no. And so therefore you shouldn't, you know, bring it in unless it's what, unless you obsess about it and talk about it yeah. all the time. Yeah. True? See, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that at all. People want the personality. They want the connection. They want to see what's the relation between us. So I talk about my dog all the time in business. There's nothing wrong with that. And I talk about my dog on the podcast. (laughs) I talk about my dog on social everywhere. The difference is, is I don't make that the highlight on Pinterest. Gotcha. On Pinterest is business focused because Pinterest work on SEO, search engine optimization. So the keywords, the long-term keywords that you're using needs to relate to that topic of where you're diverting people to coming from. So if people are clicking on that pen, they want to see that you're not going to talk about dogs. 
They want to see that you're going to talk about marketing. You're going to talk about business growth or whatever the topic is, um, because that's why they click on it. They've got an interest in it. But if you are a dog owner and if you're running a dog or a petting zoo or something (laughs) like that, then by all means, talk about dogs. Um, But make sure that whatever the focus is of your business, that is at the forefront on Pinterest. Um, Because, like I said, Pinterest is not a social platform. It is a business platform, so to speak, working on on SEO, search engine optimization, optimization, exactly like Google does. If you click in the search bar on Google, how do I create an email list, as an example? Um, Obviously, you're going to get a whole bunch of articles on Google. And if you do the same on Pinterest, how do I create an an email list? You're going to get a whole bunch of pins, visuals. Mm -hmm. And then the best ranking pins that gets the most traffic, that has the best ranking uh, keywords, they're the ones who will show first. So visually then, people then look at this going, okay, this is the topic I'm searching for. Visually, what is attractive for me? And that's how people visually sometimes make a decision. Look at the person who then uh, posted that or pinned the pin and then decide, do I click on it to go to her website, see she's an expert, she's got all this, and that's where people get dragged in. So Google is very much words, text, content, where Pinterest is visual. And we know with visual, people get a lot more attracted to visual perceptions and visual content. 100%. I love that. I'm totally obsessed with that. I'm definitely going to be looking into that this week. So uh, very cool. I appreciate you sharing more about that. (laughs) That's so great. Uh, And then back just a little bit more about uh, social media, and then we'll kind of move into the next segment. Have you, are you in groups on social media where you kind of interact with people and you're able to answer questions with specific episodes or anything like that? Have you used groups at all to support your marketing? Yes. So what I do is I do a lot of collaborations. I love collaborations. Um, You know, I always talk about why you should collaborate and not compete. I do a lot of collaborations with other female entrepreneurs. And then on social media, what do we do is we actually I've got something coming up in the next couple of weeks where we're going to do Instagram lives as an example. So we get together and we speak about a specific topic and we talk about that. We share that amongst our audiences and say, hey, this time, this day, we're going to do a topic we're going to do an Instagram live and then people come and we talk about it live. And then obviously we can repurpose that content back into other social media platforms. Um, Last year, uh, a dear friend of mine, she's a mindset coach. We had this whole program for about, oh my gosh, I think we ran it for about six, seven months. Um, This was literally during the COVID session where we did Facebook lives and we just did, I think it was about three Facebook lives a week for six, seven months. It was killing us. I promise you, it was a lot of hard work. But the visibility that came from that was phenomenal. People were contacting us, people were approaching us, signing up to our email lists. Um, So there is always ways to grow on social media. If you're doing it on your own, it's going to be a lot harder. My suggestion is collaborate with other people, create a little program together, create a little uh, feature together, you know, a campaign, whatever it is you want to do. But once you start collaborating with people, number one, it makes it so much easier to show up, to commit, because let's face it, if you say you're going to be there, you're going to show up. And the second thing is, is you become a lot more consistent. Again, the visibility will come from that consistency. I think that's a great idea. I love the idea of collaborating. Uh, A lot of times we'll go out and try to do it on our own. And, you know, uh, I know I've been, uh, 
experimenting with Fireside app, the new Fireside app. And that's the same thing. I'm like, I won't do a show if I don't know. I've got four or five people who are going to come in there with me and do it because, uh, you know, number one, that just the synergy of doing it makes it, first of all, fun. I always say like, if it feels like a social hour, then I'll, I'll do it, you know? And so it kind of turns into something like that. So I think, but also you're sharing audiences, you're sharing, um, you know, that momentum's building. So I think that that's really good advice. Um, and then mindset wise for me, maybe I just rely on my friends too much. I don't know, but I always feel like, um, and I, and I heard it mentioned on one of your shows where, you, you were talking about turning off the eyeball to see how many people were coming on and off of a live oh, Facebook. Yes. And yes. I was like, that <laughs> is brilliant because you do, you're, you know, when you're on a show like that, number one, you're constantly, you're thinking about what, what's being said. You're trying to process mm-hmm. it, remember it while you're trying to have something to say. So you're contributing, but yet you're also managing how the program's progressing and the last thing you need are people, you know, like numbers going up and down. And, uh, and, but I also think that when you're collaborating, it adds a dynamic that you're like for myself anyway, I'm kind of like, I don't care who's in and out because my friends are here, you know? Yes. And oh, so gosh, I, I think, <laughs> so the, just the mindset wise, I think it helps so much as well as all the obvious, you know, you'll grow faster kind of situations. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's good advice. So, um, where do you see your podcast going in the next five years? Oh, I love that question. Um, definitely growth in audience. And don't ask me numbers because I can't tell you. That's okay. <laughs> no, definitely growth in audience. And um, yeah, I mean, I would like to get to a point where it gets like in the top 10 ranking Ooh, on, on yeah. iTunes or something like that, or top 20 or top 50 or a top something. I would like to get it to a point where it's rated one of the top somethings, whatever that might be. Um, because I think it's a nice accolade to have as well, saying that this podcast has been running for so many years. It's got an audience. It is growing. It is consistent. The quality and uh, is good for people who, who resonate with it. So yeah, I think in the next five years, if I can have one of those saying, well, my podcast is rated, you know, the top 50 or the top 100 or even better, the top 10, I would be thrilled to bed. So that is something that I definitely want to work on. I love it. So um, just kind of honing in on the ranking because that's measurable. I love that. Uh, what is standing between, what do you believe is standing between you where you're at right now and being ranked, let's say? Yeah. So I think what it is, I find that the strategy I have at the moment to grow has taken me to where I am now, but I need to focus on a new strategy because otherwise I'm, I'm feeling I'm plateauing a little bit at the moment. Things are just stagnating. So I need to find a new strategy and I need to know what is the new step, the new growth, the new, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Because obviously, you know, it, it's like anything in life, you get to a point and you learned what you had to learn, but that that's it. So you've got to take on the next step and the next step. So I feel that with the with the podcast, you know, 130 episodes down, it's great. The audience is growing slowly, but what is the next step? What is mm. the next thing that I need to do? So I think this is where I am a little bit with it at the moment. And I'm so glad you asked that question because I was thinking about this actually last week. It's like, okay, new year coming up, new focus, 
but what about the podcast? <laughs> so yeah. that, that kind of area was still with a bit of a question mark above it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, good. Well, and it's a good time of year to be thinking about these things as well. So is there anything else about your who, what, or why, or anything else about your show that maybe I didn't ask about, or that you'd like to share now that would help me before we transition to the, like, here's my take on, on what's happening. Although the discussion will continue. So it's not one-sided when we transition, but is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, no, not at the moment. I mean, I am doing a little bit of work with obviously with the new strategy or whatever I, it is that I need to do in, in the new year starting. Um, so I am doing a little bit of rebranding. So I've got a graphic designer who is helping me. We're doing a bit of rebranding on the podcast. So new logo, new look for it a little bit to freshen it up. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to that. So that will launch in the new year. But, you know, there's only so much a brand will do. <laughs> there's going to be a strategy behind it as well. So I find that's that's where I need to kind of focus a little bit more as well. But at least I've made a start with a new rebranding. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm just curious, what, what, uh, how, what does that mean to you to do a rebrand and what are you hoping to like, for me, sometimes I'll do it cause I'm bored. I'm just tired of looking at the same old stuff. It's like super selfish. And then I've had, I've literally had, I had this one guy on my show and he was crushing. It. I was a little bit like, what are you doing on my show? Like you're teaching me all these things about, you know, everything. He actually came on saying he wanted to talk about, he wanted to learn more about how to monetize his show. And I'm like, you just gave us a masterclass on monetizing your show. But, um, so, but, but, and he even said was like, the brand matters very little because it's the content that people are coming for. So can you just tell me a little bit about your, uh, what you hope to get from a rebrand and a little bit more about that? Yeah. So rebrand obviously is about the look and the feel of it. So the logo is changing, um, you know, the, the kind of images that I'm using is changing. So visually, those kind of things are changing. But also, I want to change a little bit of the format. So I've been looking at a new format as to how to um, interview guests on the Mm. podcast. So I want to change that as well a little bit, because I feel the format is stagnated a little bit. It's okay, but it needs something fresh. And I want to make sure that the listeners get new curiosity get a new invigoration going, oh my gosh, this is new. I haven't heard this before. So I, I want to kind of change that a little bit as well as to how I have the interviews um, and the kind of like the format that I'm using. So I'm starting off with that, which is basically what I feel is a good rebrand. But like I said, the strategy is still the big thing that I'm working on. That's still the question mark because everything has got to flow and, and link together at the end of the day. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Well, if it's okay with you, I would like to move into the next. So do I have your permission to kind of yes. share my take on things? Of course. Awesome. So before you agreed to come on the show, I promised you two things. One is that I would be prepared. And two is that I'd give you one actionable step to get you results in 30 days. So we'll move into that. But before I do, I also want to share... I, my four P's because everyone's got to have three or four P's that they talk about or C's, (laughs) but mine are P's. And usually I would say that I should do a tally of all my guests. And I would say that we're probably at 90% are P's. So I was really excited when you had your C's. So good job. (laughs) So um, anyway, I have four P's to preeminence. Uh, Number one is to know your purpose, which was why we talked about your why. why And I think it's super important. Um, And we talked about the reasons. I mean, our why is, 
again, it's going to keep the consistent, it's going to keep your three C's. So, uh, know your people really dial in on your audience messaging or optimize the promotion of your show so that you're not the best kept secret and also to earn proceeds or profit so that you can pay for help. So I feel like you're just doing all those things really amazingly. I always say that before I move into the next step for the audience, for you. So, you know, my framework, but also for myself, just so I keep the main thing, (laughs) the main thing. So, so here we go. What we're going to talk about, I want to go through some things that I see that you're really strong at. They won't be all of them, but they're going to be the things that really stand out a lot. Then I'll talk about some areas of opportunity and they're not going to be like, oh, this is a priority. But sometimes by sharing those, it kind of, I feel like it opens us up a little bit. It also helps me because I can get a sense of your response and like what feels easy, what feels hard. Um, And because again, at the end, the third thing I'm going to share is like that one thing that I feel I'm confident would get you results quickly leveraging what you're already doing well. And by talking about areas of opportunity, it helps me, it gives me even more input as to what would be the easiest path uh, while still a lot of time. Like I want, I I feel like sometimes we get these great ideas, but then we don't do them. And I feel like if it's too hard, then, you know, I want the thing that I know I'm confident you'll do that you'll get results. So, so let's get started. So things that I see that you're really strong at, obviously consistency. (laughs) So a hundred percent, like I said, it's, I feel like it's magic. If you just do it, it opens up results. And I think that that's really, I think you've enjoyed that. You've experienced it and I appreciate that. I also love that you watch your analytics holistically. You don't just come on and say, oh, I looked at downloads. The end, you know, you're looking at your web analytics, you're looking at your social media responses, this whole Pinterest thing just blew my mind. So, so there's that. Um, and also, uh, you embed your YouTube into your blog, which is awesome because it's like Google, which owns the world and it's their media. So as you know, it helps with SEO so much. Um, have you, and I guess I should have asked then too, but do you watch those analytics like as well? I'm assuming that you do since you're so holistic about your, your numbers, but oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Once a month I sit down, download, you know, get a whole like spread, uh, not a spreadsheet, but when you go on Google analytics, you can literally look at the analytics, take some screenshots of it. And then I just print it out and I just look at the figures and, and see what works and what doesn't work. So Google analytics is amazing, really, yeah. especially, you know, if your website is connected to it, that's where you're going to get the most information. I love it. I love it. Well, I love that you do that. I feel like more, if more people did that, they would see really, they would get so much more information. And as you said, you're able to use that, improve the content topically so that you're able to get more, you know, get more views. It's just basic SEO is like, take what's already working and do more of that, (laughs) you know? So good job. Um, and then your brand I think is beautiful. It's cohesive. When I went to your website or if I go to your podcast at all, I feel like I'm at the same place. Uh, so I think that that's really fun. And honestly, listening to your show, it's just all cohesive. Like your brand's really pretty. Then I listen to your show. It's like really lovely, you know? So I just feel like it's just all fits really well together. I also really like that you're consistently interview, you know, strong entrepreneurial women who have a point of view. So I, I 
appreciate that really well. So it's easy to know your tribe. You know, if someone goes, they're like, okay, I exactly know who you're like, I know you're talking to me, you know, kind of a thing. So, so I think that that's really good because people want to belong. And if they don't know who you are, they can't get that sense of belonging. So I think that that's fantastic. Also, when I pulled your uh, website up on my phone, right at the top, it was your, your call to action, which made me really happy because by the time someone's going to your website, they're like, okay, I trust you enough to throw stuff at me, you know, and as a podcaster, you're really in a position for people to know, like, and trust you. And so they're, they're going to want a next step. And so it's like, you give that to you. They're like, Hey, I'm confident in knowing that by the time you're here, you probably want more. And this is, this is more. So I love it. I just think that that's a great combination. So, so, um, any, thoughts or anything about that. So those are the, that's my list of <laughs> things oh, well, of, that I you're strong so good at. right now talking about celebrating. <laughs> I think I'm going to celebrate after this episode. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I'm doing all the right stuff. No, I, I really appreciate it. And it's, you know what, in, in, in a nutshell, as, as business owners, we know that we're doing things, but we don't always know if we're doing them right. Yes. Here and there, we know that we're doing certain things right because we can see that it's working. But it's nice to have another perspective on it as well. It's like, well done, you're doing this and this and this, and this is good. It's like, oh, thank you so much. It's nice to hear every now and then because, you know, as a coach, you tell everybody else, like, you're doing the right thing, you're doing Mm -hmm. the right thing. But we never reflect that back on ourselves. Mm. Um, So, no, but, you know, it's it's great to hear. And thank you so much for all the compliments. And um, and just hearing you say it makes me realize, yeah, just go and amplify that, you know, boost that up. But I'm sure you've got a couple of other things as well, I which do. needs some work on. So I'm very intrigued to hear what you have to say. I'm always out I do. For, for good, good constructive criticism. <laughs> I do. And I, and I, these are areas of opportunity. So because you're doing so many things well, as you know, I mean, you can literally listen to the best podcast in the world and still find ways that they could optimize what they're doing. So this isn't like, if you don't do any of them, you're still going to have a great show. So, um, but I did see some areas that I feel like if you were to tweak it, you'd probably see better results. Um, and, and so I'm just going to, we'll just go right into it. So, go for it. and, and I, like I, I said, I'm, ready. I'm making notes. <laughs> <laughs> and since you already subscribed to that whole idea of don't cook every recipe in your kitchen on the same day, then we're going to keep that in mind with this. And yes. then we'll talk about the one thing. Usually yes. I have like one or two, but, um, the, the thing that I think, um, would really get you the most results. Some of these that I'm going to say are so easy that you're going to be like, done. I already have an email to my assistant. They're going to fix it right now. So, um, okay. So number one, super easy, at least the episode that I listened to, and I'm assuming you have somebody do your audio editing. Is that correct? Like some, you send it and then they do it. So this is, um, but there's a trailing 30 second space at the end. So Ah, unless it's intentional, uh, there's 30 seconds at the end of the one that I didn't listen to the end of every single episode that I was um, studying, but I do know that the one that I, I try to listen to one all the way through and and that did happen. So there's that. Uh, and then thank you. You're welcome. And I love it when it's usually somebody else's fault. So I feel like, okay, that's an easy one. Cause you know, I had, I had, it's a good point because I just started using, um, a podcast VA who's helping me do the editing. 
So we've been working together for about, oh gosh, three months now. Before, I used to do all my own editing. So for me, it's very constructive because I could still go back to it and say, can we just do a couple of things? There's a couple of things I picked up already that I mentioned to her. But no, it's good to hear these things because then it would make her also resonate and go, oh yeah, remember that for the future. Remember that for the future. So Well, and no, even definitely. like I use um, Alphonic. Mm-hmm. I, I love Alphonic. I think it's like God's gift to podcasters. It levels everything so beautifully. My son is a mix. Like he's a, he masters music. And when I show, he used to do our podcast, like he would process the podcast, but it took forever. And so I was like, I just, no, like you do a great job, but do music. Cause this is just a podcast. Like I don't need, yeah. I'm not going to win a Grammy. It's just, I just needed to, you know, sound good. And so I started using Alphonic and I showed it to him and it's uh, AI mastering. And so yes. he's just like, dude, I can't even do that. I think I might use that, you know? So, so I, but with that, they have a thing where you adjust how much you can overlap or you can time it out differently. Yes. And I had mine wrongs, you know, set wrong for a while. And so sometimes things like that, it's just, I just know that that's an easy fix either way. And it's an easy mistake to make too. So, so there's that. Absolutely. Um, and then also one thing that is a little more like this is, it, it'll have a lot of impact is really looking at your intro. I, I love that it's professional. I love what you say. You have that really chill, you know, unassuming, here's how you could change your life. And I, I love it. It just, um, it's long and I don't okay. get to, I don't get to listen to the show yet. And so it's kind of like when we start every episode that sounds the same, it's hard for somebody new. So while you're driving all this traffic to your, to your show, that 30 seconds is the most valuable real estate of your entire show. And so grabbing their attention, you'll notice, notice a lot of shows have like, we do this too, but like, it's a cold open. So you grab like some brilliant part of the middle of it. That's like 10 to 20 seconds and throw it right at the beginning. So as soon as someone comes in, they're like, and not that you have to do that, but that's one, that's one way of doing it. You know, maybe I like too that. I think that there's like a spot right after your intro that you kind of talk about, like, here are the points that we're going to cover and stuff like that. Um, I would just play around with, it just all kind of sounds the same. And yeah, I, you know, so point, actually, so it's I've, like, I've had other podcasters do it. So yeah. yeah. And there's no, um, like your intro into your uh, other intro where you're like, Hey, this is what you're going to hear. It's, it's like, it's your voice. There's music for part of it and which is good but it all really sounds the same. So I, I mm. almost can't tell like what's happening. And so gotcha. um, I just think that just kind of look at the whole thing and just be like that whole, like probably it's like two and a half minutes. I'm, I was kind of looking at the time for the first one I was listening to, and it was like two and a half minutes before it was like, Oh, okay. Here's the interview kind of thing. Mm. Um, so just grabbing the attention a little bit. Yes. Um, also the music, like the intro sound quality. I don't know if that's one thing that you're working on, but it was really scratchy on when I listened to it. It is. I've, I've picked up on that when I spoke to the, uh, the VA because the quality I had before I used a different program than she's using. And we picked up on that actually literally last week. So oh, okay. now we're going back to the audio episodes and we're sorting them out. So 
That I picked up on because for Done. me, audio is very important. Exactly. Especially in podcasts. <laughs> like, oh, yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, definitely. And then one thing too, is your exit call to action. Um, I liked that, you know, I'm always thinking about, and I, and I love talking to you about this because I feel like you get this is the user experience, the idea that someone's going to go somewhere else and do something is huge. Like it's one unlikely and two, don't you want them to listen to your next episode? So, um, I would just make the the call to action on the, I love that you have one. Not everybody has one. I did an interview yesterday. It was like, just do it because someone just listened and it's over. They might be sad. Like if they listen to the whole thing, you trap, like you're, they're there, they can't leave. And so take advantage of that. Even if there's just four people who listen all the way through and they're like, wow, it's over, you know, think about what's going to happen next and think about what you want them to do next. If you want them to go to your website and say, you know, leave them, you know, send me a message. Like, where do they go to do that? You know, like I mm-hmm. kind of felt like, I don't even know, like, what does that mean? So, you know, and, but you're like, Hey, I get comments all the time. So I'm like, okay, well maybe it works, but you might get more if for people like me, who's like, you've just told me all this brilliant stuff just tell me how I go do that, you know? So that's, that's just my two cents on that. Also on the, um, on the description now, just, you know, this is all super nitpicky stuff. So usually I give people like these big, heavy things, but you're just getting all these like little nitpicky. It's great. It's helping me for what I want to do next year. (laughs) (laughs) So in the description, there's like there's dots in brackets. Like if you were to go to a website and it's like, see more, but you can't click it or see more. Mm-hmm. If you go to the description on the iTunes anyway, I didn't check Spotify, but it's literally the brackets dot, 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 but no link. And so it cuts the sentence off. Um, so I don't know what's happening there, <laughs> but I would oh, just okay. check and see what's, what would happen. And I checked mine because we do a really long description. And so I thought, well, maybe Apple changed what they're doing, but mm. our description's still super long. So <laughs> I would okay. just I'll, go take a look, a look at Thank you. why that's happening. Um, and then, oh, okay. This is to do with your website. So I got so excited about your Pinterest. So And when I do these, I always have the website open too. So I could refer back. And um, sometimes I have extra questions about the website because it's so important to me. Uh, But I didn't see a link to Pinterest. Is that intentional? Or I would just make it more prominent. Like, because your Pinterest is developed. And so if somebody likes Pinterest, then, um, you know, maybe. I think that should be at the bottom because I think at the bottom I have. all my links there, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and iTunes in the Twitter. You have share, like you can share it, but you can't actually go to your page. Oh, are you talking uh, the the page per episode? Yeah, because that's where you're, you know, like if someone's like, oh, I just landed here. Um, oh yeah. Because, you know, if you think about it, you're optimizing for Google so that they find your yeah. episode. Right. And so if that's their landing page, then that's their landing page. So, yeah. So at the bottom of the episodes, there should be a question like, like this, then please share. And then there's all the, um, the icons. Right. Pinterest so, is there. Right. But unless I'm misunderstanding you. Yeah. Let me just see. So when I see the share button, it's share. It's like, I'm going to pin it to my page. See what I'm saying? 
Oh, you mean the, the, the little icon on an image as an example to share? Yeah. Where it's like, go to my, like, like, hi, I'm Henriette. Go to my Pinterest page, <laughs> you okay. know, that kind of thing. Like, so I'm like, oh, I want to see more of like, what kind of pins do you have? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, again, it's nitpicky. You may choose that. That's a good, you're so good at Pinterest. I would never um, assume to no, it's a fair point. It, but, I like it. But I know for myself, I couldn't go to your Pinterest page because I don't see your LinkedIn link. I just see the share link. So if I want to share your page to my Pinterest, I can, but I can't go to your Pinterest page. Do you gotcha. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or LinkedIn. <laughs> but I mean, I could probably, I didn't look at your contact, but anyway, that's always one of the things, especially if you're so good at it. Like if you've got this whole amazing, you know, you've got your whole Instagram at the bottom, which is so beautiful. Um, if you were to even write below it, say, click here to go to Pinterest. You know, it's like, you've got it mm. right in text, like follow me on Instagram. And then it's like, or on Pinterest and I could click there. That would be enough as well. I would say, but just somewhere where there's, you know, that they're getting together with you on social. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, no, I, I completely get that because I've got it in the footer of the website, but I guess it's not that obvious. I might need to put it somewhere else, maybe at the top as well. Well, in the, in the header. Yeah. Like Instagram, I can go to perfectly. You don't have to change the yeah. thing, but just the, the Pinterest, I don't see any links where I can go look you up on. Like I would have to go to Pinterest, look you up and then find your profile and then, um, check out your, which I will do right after this episode. So, um, <laughs> I'm just lazy like most web users. So <laughs> no, it's, it's a good point because people are lazy. They want easy access, easy clickable things in order to get going. Yeah. There's a lot of shiny new objects that happen between one spot and the other. Oh, yeah. So we, we just want to make sure you capture as many of them before they get distracted. So, so awesome. So those are the areas of opportunity that I saw. Do you have any comments or questions before I move on to what I think would be the thing with no, the it's, it's great. I'm glad that you're saying all of this, because like I say, you know, with the new plans that I'm working on or whatever the new strategy is that I'm working on, it's great to kind of know where these kind of little pointers are that I need to fix as well, because then it can just be all streamlined. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Okay. So if I were boss of the world and there was just one thing that I could just make you do, which I don't think I'd ever have to, because you're right on track already doing it is the first 30 seconds. I would just, um, you know, either what we were talking about earlier or one thing that I did because I, Number one, I personally believe in, if I'm a woman, I have a man introduce me just because there's that distinct difference in voice. And I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but I did that based on just listening to a lot of intros. Like I just found podcasts I love or that get a lot of follows. Like, even if I don't even like the podcast, but I'm like, how do people listen to that? Well, I want to hear the beginning because you're doing so many things that are driving people to your podcast imagine if more stayed, they're going to be reaching out to you even more and you're going to be ranking, you know, because they're going to listen to more episodes. Um, yeah. so just that first 30 seconds, whatever, you know, fits your own vision for your show, whether it's, you know, getting a different person saying that, you know, even if it's like, well, this is a woman's thing. I want only women doing it. I would think that that's awesome. I would just have a different woman doing it with a different tone. Um, mm -hmm. just so that there's, I, you just want part of it. You want people to know that they've transitioned from one spot in it to another. 
And then the other thing is just that capturing right at the beginning uh, that like, oh, what, cause what are they thinking if that's the first time there? It's like, what is this podcast about? Yes. I mean, honestly, and this is one thing I actually forgot to write down, but, um, and maybe I missed it, but again, most users are like me, um, when I'm doing this is I, do you use the guest name in the title or in the description very much? Cause I didn't see that. I had a hard time knowing do you interview people? Like I literally was like having to listen to your show. And if you're talking SEO, you want to be using their names because people are going to yes. search for them and then they're going to show up. So, yes. so, um, anyway, yeah, that I was don't like use a, it in the title, but I definitely use it in the content. Okay, cool. And maybe that was in the more dot, 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 like maybe that was part of that, but yeah. But anyway, that first 30 seconds, I would just say that is going to do it because you're doing, again, you're just getting so many people to your show. I think if you're optimized, you know, goes back to that, it's easier to keep people than it is to yeah. get them there. So, and you've got no, great it stuff. It makes absolute so. sense. And I, and I think you're so right because you just get into a habit, isn't it? You just get into a habit of doing something and you're just going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm so glad that you said it because it just fits perfectly to what I want to do next year and just to rebrand it and to swoosh it up a little bit, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I know. I love it. You know, all of our hot seats right now, that's one thing I appreciate is this time of year, you know, we're recording in October. So everyone seems to be looking at like, what's it going to look like in 2022. And, and so, um, it's perfect timing. I'm so glad it sounds like you're already working on it. Uh, as well. So I'm glad that we were able to really bring these to the surface again and, and visit with them. Uh, so any other questions or anything before? No, nothing that I can think of at this moment. I think, you know, I just am so appreciative of having this conversation with you <laughs> and just really, you know, sharing, but at the same time, just hearing what your thoughts are and picking up on these little things. Cause like I say, Sometimes we're just so in our own world and we just in such a habit of doing things. We don't pick up on all these little things that do, that does need to get corrected as well. Excuse me. Yeah. I love it. That's so exciting. So before we go though, I do want to share with everyone, uh, your website, your web address is Henriette Dan, uh, Henriette Danell, and we will have your link in our description. So whether you're listening to us, on your app, on an app or on our website, we'll have links to that. Is there anything else that you want to share about what you do or where people can find you? Yes. I mean, from my point of view, it's just um, what I would like to share is because obviously, you know, everybody here either wants to start a podcast or already podcasting. I think the best thing is, is just to have fun with it at the same time. The more fun you have doing something, the more of it you want to do. Um, and this is equally what I say, you know, this is the, the, the podcast podcast is my attraction strategy because I don't have a lot of fun when I'm doing blogging, but I have fun when I'm doing podcasting. So equally with whatever it is you do in your business or with your podcast, just make sure you have fun because that's where the motivation and inspiration keeps you going. I love it. That's so amazing. Well, and there's a lot of ways to market and, you know, if, if podcasting is what you like doing, you might as well just enjoy it. And I think that that's great advice. So thank you so much for that. Well, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you to Henriette. I highly recommend that you go check out her podcast. Just do a search uh, entrepreneurial success podcast, super easy to find. I always like to share, like if it's 
sometimes people will come on and their podcast is like, okay, look for the one with capital letters. And, but when you look hers up, it's super easy to find. So, so definitely check it out and, um, remember get out there, be brave. Don't be average and make magic happen. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening and happy podcasting.